Please turn in your Bibles to Mark 6.50, and I'll be reading right away from Matthew 14.25. We have a little bit. Is Ronnie here? Downstairs? Good. She, uh, whenever Jamie comes uh, up to visit, he, he comes for a Sunday night where he teaches here, and then Monday with us at, with me at the, the uh, Harrisburg show, and then Tuesday, he likes that restaurant tradition, so we go there on Tuesday mornings, and we uh, uh, just have a wonderful short break with my son. I point this out to you because of this. I also like Jamie coming because every solitary snack at Walmart is on my kitchen table. <laughs> there are things on there that I haven't seen for a year because my wife is trying to, I started, started to say starve me, but uh, my wife is trying to help me with my diabetes. And, uh, but now all of a sudden, it's a cornucopia. It's wonderful, and I appreciate his coming because that sets us free. Now, I won't have as much as I usually eat. Where's Vani? But I uh, so appreciate this day, a, a great day, a great family time for many of us. Taking the exceptional for granted. That's what sometimes we do. We might even go through cycles in our lives where, hey, we've been saved, we love the Lord, but we take him for granted. When we get to it, we take our wives, our husbands, our children for granted sometimes. Just you get going in your cycle and your circle and your habits and you go, and you forget to appreciate them. And I, I think with the disciples, uh, they have just seen so many wonderful things that they're starting to take him for granted. Just another miracle in front of them. Mark chapter 6, verse 50. This makes the fourth sermon from Mark chap chapter 6. And it is uh, full of many lessons for us. Mark chapter 6, verse 50. For they all saw him, and they were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it's I, be not afraid. When we, when we have such huge disappointments in our lives, when we have such terrible fears in our lives, this Bible verse should be able to help us if we could remember it. I'm here. I'm here with you, no matter what's going on in your lives, no, match, no matter the sadness, no matter the health issues, I'm with you at all times. I'm with you. Be of good cheer because it's, it's me, he's saying. Don't forget, I'm here. The same scripture in 1426 of Matthew, Matthew 1426 through 30. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke to them, 
saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. I remember one time when uh, my 40-some-year-old pastor for a, a son was in his bedroom. He must, have been, he must have been about four years old, three years old, and he started crying and yelling. So I went running in there uh, to his bedroom, and I sat on the edge of his bed, and I said, what's wrong, Jamie? What's wrong? And he pointed to his closet door, and it was open. And he said, the dark's getting out. <laughs> Simple fix, close the door, but remind your four-year-old son that Jesus is there with him, with him in the, in the bedroom, in the bed, and developing that, that very reliable lesson, no matter where you go, Jesus is with you. It is I, they said, verse 40, 27, Matthew 14, 27. But right away Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it's I, don't be afraid. And that again, wherever Jesus is with you, there's no fear. And I've cited dozens of times when that principle has helped me, no fear, no fear. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, invite me to come to thee on the water. Only a personality like Peter would even think to say that. And I, I suppose we do have some personalities like this. Even now, great, great courage, but wanting to, wanting to do the impossible. If it's you, invite me on the water, verse 29. He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, what's it say? He walked on the water. Filled with the presence of God, all of us are capable, maybe for very short periods of time, but capable of doing the impossible. Filled with the presence of God in and out, filled with the power of God, and that should give you courage, if you know who he is, to accomplish even the impossible sometimes. And uh, with that said, Peter literally stepped out of the boat and stepped down onto the water like it was concrete. And the first thing I'm sure he thought of is, wow. Took a couple more steps and then he, he saw some waves and he saw some wind, and he thought, hey, this is impossible. I can't do this, so he started to sink. Now, evidently not very fast, because Jesus was able to reach down and pull him up out of the water. That's a lesson for us, too. Sometimes when we are sinking, we sink slowly. It's not all of a sudden like that. It's, it's, it, happens very, it happens very slowly sometimes as we drift away from the Lord into our circumstances. And Jesus said, verse 29, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. While we stand, we are, are held up 
by his power only. And when we are falling or having fallen, we can be saved only by his hand of mercy. Most of us have been through cases like that in our lives. And that is when we, when we, in our heart of hearts, reach out to God for help. And then we start to sink and God pulls us back up again. Very wonderful lesson. Matthew 14, 30 again says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Like Peter, our danger comes not from the wind or, or the waves, our circumstances. Our danger comes from our lack of faith. I want to click on with the sermon, but I, I want that to sink in, and you'll see this again in a moment. Our danger doesn't come from our circumstances around us. All of us get bad circumstances, some worse than others. But our danger comes when we lose our faith. We develop a lack of faith. In Mark 6.51, he went up to them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were very amazed in them, themselves. Mark chapter 6 again. They were very amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they wondered. And verse 52 is what, really what this is about. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. What? Not even 24 hours earlier, Jesus had taken, Jesus had taken five loaves and two fishes and fed over 5,000 people. They'd forgotten that miracle. So important. And listen, by the way, I know some of you do this. That's the benefit of, of, of chronicling and making journals of, of God's blessings to you. The more you write, the more you see it, the more you'll remember how God, you know, he doesn't keep the bad things from happening all the time, does he? He does help us get through those bad times. We need to remember that. Think about all the all the times that God has intervened on your behalf and helped you. And again, I point out to you that we don't know it all. We don't know that last week God intervened and stopped that car from running a red light, T-boning you and putting you and your family in, in the hospital. We don't realize how the active love of God and how... He secures our safety sometimes without our knowledge. These disciples had seen it all. He'd seen them. He'd seen Jesus reach down and heal people. He's going to see it again that next day. They're going to see it again. They've seen him feed the 5,000. They've seen him walking on water. They've seen him walk into their ship and encourage them after nine hours of toiling. And yet, they forgot. 
and their heart was hardened. And when we forget, our heart gets a crusty seal over it when we forget what Jesus, Jesus has done. Again, I say it this way, the disciples had seen it all, experienced it all, and yet their heart was hardened. These are the 12 disciples. They, they, it's amazing. It's amazing, and yet their heart was hardened. Now listen, we actually know more than they did. Scriptures weren't read, weren't written yet, but they had experienced it in person, and yet their heart was hardened. Wow, hardened and darkened hearts, a warning. A warning, hardened and darkened hearts. First Timothy 4, 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. We see that. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Seared with a hot iron. That's what's happening in our, in our life, in our world. So many people's conscience, they are capable of anything. I said this so many times, but my wife and I sit and watch the news together, and almost inevitable, she's, she'll say, I don't understand how people can do that. How can someone do that to a child? How can someone do that to a city? How can, and, uh, and I, we're not to understand it all. We're not going to understand it all. We don't understand what, what's going on, but I know this, God knows. And for me, I believe in him so much that that satisfies it. As long as I know that God knows, Romans 1.21 says it this way, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They knew he was God, but they didn't give him any glory. And they weren't thankful, that's for sure. But they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Vain in their imaginations to this society outside of Christ, to this society, there's no stop signs. You can be married to whoever you want. You can be married to whatever you want. You can be married to however many people you want at the same time. Their imaginations, anything that they can imagine, they will do. That verse again. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. You watch on these, these news stations, and you, you, they have all these experts that are saying these things because... They are wise, and they're interviewed because they're wise. They have wisdom beyond our measure, except this. They leave God out of it. 
And that changes everything. That changes everything. They become fools, they that profess themselves to be wise. Forgetting God and His works. In Deuteronomy, it says it this way. Deuteronomy 8.11, Beware that you forget not the Lord thy God in keeping His commandments. Beware that you forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping His commandments. Very quickly, Job 8. Job 8. Job is one of the oldest books of the Bible. Pre-2000 B.C. Job 8.13. So are the paths of all that forget God. They can't help it. They're on, they're on the wrong path. They're going to stay on that path and do whatever they, do whatever they want. And try to get our, our, our teens... On their path, be careful, teenagers. Don't go there. Don't go there. There's a price to pay. Job 8.13 again, So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrite's hope shall perish. <clears throat> Psalm 78.7, That they might set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Psalms 9, 7. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. In Psalms 50, 22, consider this, you that forget God, lest, you, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver you. <clears throat> I say all, all this, not, not to an unbelieving people, you're, you're here early on a Sunday morning, but it kind of explains the behavior of our loved ones. Wow, sorry. Now, I've lost my voice even. <clears throat> Psalm 50:22. Now, Rodney's going to bring me a, another bottle of water, but Rodney, there's two up here already. Oh, a new one, cold, I assume. Cold water is sure good. Thank you. I got tears going down my eyes. I assume it'd be okay. Brother Roy was here 20 years ago. <clears throat> Psalm 50:22. consider this, that you that forget God. I'm not saying you forget God. I'm saying in this message that we tend to take him for granted as the disciples did. I'm saying that uh, we tend to we tend to forget what he's done for us in the past because what's he doing for us now when we need him the most? He, don't forget. Don't forget that he knows. As long as he knows, we need to exercise our faith, the loss of faith. Wow. 
there be none to deliver. Hosea 4.6 My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you that you shall be no priest to me seeing you have forgotten the law of thy God. I will also do you see that, parents, grandparents? I will forget your children. Why? Because the sins of the parents go down for four generations. You live a life forgetting God. Your children have seen how you act and react in a godless manner. No mercy, maybe, no compassion, maybe judgmental, constantly judging others. I will also forget thy children. We often forget God. But remember, God never forgets us. It feels like somebody told me, it feels like God doesn't answer my prayers. That's probably true of some of us in here. Why doesn't God answer our prayers? Every time you speak his name, he hears you. He hears you. Trust in him no matter what. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work, to forget your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. He doesn't forget what you did last week, last month, last year. He doesn't forget <clears throat> during that ice storm we had two or three weeks ago. I went out and I was chipping ice like many of you for over three hours. Ah, oh, what a... And, yeah, Michael says two days. That was for your puppy, though. You had to make a path out into the yard, Michael. Let's be honest. I saw you out there. Uh, but I was at my, I was at my worst because I, I knew the next day that the ladies were coming to do the financial reports. So I knew that after I was done with this section over here, I knew I had to get this part out here opened up for them. God doesn't forget your good works, I said. Greta, kids, I'll never forget how you showed up to help. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was very helpful to me. And I sometimes stand there wondering, where is everybody? Why, why aren't they up here doing it? And then you came up over around the bend there from Karen's house. Thank you. I won't forget, and I know God doesn't forget those kind of things when we are helping others do that. He doesn't forget your good works. But we often take, we often take the exceptional for granted. For instance, we take Jesus for granted. If he never does another solitary thing for you again, if he never heals your sicknesses or your, or your pains or your suffering, 
if he never does anything ever again, if he takes his hand off of you, you'll at least go to heaven if you love him. That's the greatest of things we take for granted. What Jesus did for us. That gets us to heaven. Of course, he'll do much more than just that, but trust him no matter what. Their heart was hardened, these disciples. Chosen out of all of the Middle East mankind for their faith and their gifts, and they were gifted differently. And yet, their hearts were hardened. <clears throat> Verse 52, again. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. It wasn't even a day before. Now it's in the middle of the night, remember? Three, four o'clock in the morning, the day before Jesus had done the miracle of the loaves and fishes. They considered not the miracle of the loaves. Had they given Christ his past miracles their due weight? Maybe at the time. But had they done that, they would not have been so surprised at his future miracles. For his multiplying of the bread and the fish was a great instance of power. His walking on the water as if it was concrete was a great instance of his power. They were strangely stupid. I'm not allowed to use that word, my wife says. But they were strangely stupid and unthinking and their heart was hardened or else they would not have thought it a thing incredible that Christ should calm the waves, calm the wind. Listen, if he can do that for these, he can do this for me. Ought to be our, our, in, our attitude when bad things happen to good people. Say it again because I never get to use the word at home. They were strangely stupid and unthinking and their heart was hardened or else they wouldn't have thought it an incredible thing. It is for a lack of understanding of Christ, his former works, that we take the exceptional Jesus for granted. In other, in other ways, we take our wives and husbands for granted. They're just always there. They're always doing their thing. Every, every couple ends up finding a balance and a pattern of what your duties are with the, with the household, the children, the family, the kitchen, uh, everything. It's all there, right? We, we tend to take that for granted. Oh, my. We, especially our children, our teenagers, take us for granted for what we've always done for them that's just always there. And we take people that we love for granted. And we need to show appreciation. For those, for those things. <clears throat> wow. Their heart was hardened or else they would not have thought it a thing incredible that Christ could calm the winds. Second Peter. 
I'd like for you to turn there as I close this message on. This is going to be helpful to you. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I don't take for granted the, the love that Rodney showed me by bringing me this cold water. It is nice. Thank you, Rodney. <clears throat> I think it helped. Second Peter chapter 1. Starting in the middle of verse 5. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue is separation from sin. Add to your virtue, knowledge. Knowledge is what you're doing every day when you read the word. Knowledge. Instead of sitting in front of the TV all the time, add Bible knowledge to your heart. Add to your knowledge, temperance. Temperance is the idea of having self-control. Being able to say no to that which... Feels good, and everybody else is doing it. Our bodies might want to do it or taste it or whatever. I need to remember this tonight when Bonnie lays out all the food in front of us. <laughs> temperance, the ability to temperance is to say no, to have self-control. Add to your temperance patience. Patience, godliness. Patience and godliness. Godliness has to do with acting like Jesus would. What would Jesus do? Adding, adding to your godliness, brotherly kindness, pure love for one another, and then just love, pure love. Adding to those things. But... He that lacks these things, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. He that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And in some cases, if you were reading the book of Proverbs with me this month, this past month, in some cases... As a dog returns to eat its own vomit, we tend to forget what sins we were purged from. And we tend to turn around and go back and do them again. It's important. Can't, we cannot see if we don't have those things. Go back for a moment. He that lacks these things, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, they're blind. They cannot see. And has forgotten that they were purged. This closing comment. Like sinking Peter going down into the water. Our danger comes not from the wind or the waves. Our danger comes not from the sicknesses, the cancers, the heart attacks, the deaths. They're terrible, but our danger doesn't come from those. Our danger comes from our lack of faith. And that should be one of our greatest aims 
to build up our faith in Jesus Christ. As the musicians come, would you bow your heads? Lord Jesus Christ, I've done my best. But would you do yours? Lord, if any of us are taking you for granted, which probably we all do at different times, wake us up to it. Asking you, dear Lord, to show us that, that we're taking you too for granted. Maybe we're taking our wives, husbands, children too for granted, parents for granted. Asking you, dear Lord, to help us bring that to the front of our minds again, that we would appreciate those around us, that we would remember the so many wonderful things they have done for us in the past and will do in the future. Thank you, Lord. Help us not to take you or them for granted. Help us, Lord, to build up our faith through the reading of the word, through the praying to the God of the word, through church attendance, through service, serving others, self-sacrificially. Lord, I personally thank you for the church you have put me in and for these people with multi-gifts and talents. But Lord, we as a body, we as a body, Lord, want together with one voice say we're sorry when we take you for granted, when we forget the past, wonder the, about the present, wonder about the future. God, you're so good. We just have to have faith in you and trust in you no matter what. Lord, we put our, ourselves into your hands. We put our marriages into your hands and families. We put our health into your hands, Lord, trusting you. We will do our best and leave the rest to you, Lord. Lord, I call these people to a higher faith, to build up their faith, their faith and their service, to look outside their, their, their lives to help others and to help others find you to help others, Lord, develop this faith. In Jesus' name, amen.